Well, good morning and welcome to Rock Point Church. I'm glad you made it here. And I know some of you are getting ready for that great game that we all call the Super Bowl. Um, so I'll be honoring of your time. But if you just saw that video, if you saw our quick little bump where we've been in that handshake and then the handshake developed into a nice rhythm and then eventually led to the post that's all over social media, which is the good old hand heart, okay? Um, what you know is that all relationships... Start that way, right? There's comes a time and point where they get like a little awkwardness, right? You've ever been in, going in for the awkward handshake where somebody goes in for a handshake, the other goes for a fist bump, and then so on. But at that point, you get to make a decision. Do we stay in it and work on it and eventually develop an awesome love? Well, that's what we want to do here um, in our fabulous series. Man, I'm so thankful for our leadership team and our church that says, you know what, we're going to do a spring marriage emphasis because we believe in the power of marriage. Okay, we're so excited to be able to continue this series. So last week, um, Destin talked about um, the first two essentials, man, and he really um, honed in on them. And, and the first two essentials were about discovering and building on God's plan for marriage and then growing in relationship with Christ. And truth is, we didn't, we didn't create marriage. God did. None of us in here did. God did, so we have to honor it. And before we even get going, I know some of you don't know who I am, so I'm going to introduce myself a little bit, and I'm going to share with you um, the people that I get to do ministry with, the people that are really, really important to me that help me carry out the calling on my life. So if you take a look at the screen here, you're going to see my beautiful wife, uh, my two boys, Ryland is our firstborn. Clearly, he's big, um, and I'm actually wearing his shoes today because they're a lot more comfortable than mine. And then we have Easton, and Easton is our lastborn child. How many of you have multiple kids? There you go. So you know that the last child is um, very interesting and perfect and exciting, and the last child proves to you that you're not knocking this parent thing thing out of the park. Let's be real. I'm also a baby, so those of you in the crowd who are the last born child know we're perfect. That's what I tell my brother and my sister. But man, the reason I want to share with this with you all this picture is that because in the Bible, it clearly states it is not good for man to be alone. And when I read that scripture, I felt so excited because clearly he said it's not good for David Belloc to be alone, so I'm going to send him a beautiful wife that can help him become the man that I've designed him to be. Here's the deal. Your relationships are all formative. They all will form you. If you embrace them the right way and you have an opportunity to call on God's love the way it is, you'll have the best relationship ever. So I want to introduce you to them because they're really, really important. And I want to share with you um, the question that I get often asked as a marriage pastor, right? Marriage pastor is an absolutely exciting title because everybody asks this question. Hey, as a marriage pastor, do you ever fight? <laughs> Y'all, I'm a human. We fought on the way up here. Just kidding. My wife, my wife drove on her own. My wife drove on her own because she knows that um, I am a socialite and that if she drives separately, she can exit 
whenever she needs to. And people are like, man, why would you do that? Well, because I know the cost of that much gas is way better than the cost of a divorce. So just know this. Um, we're really excited. And my, the question that I, I want to ask and that I want to answer for everybody is, you know, people say, David, why do you do what you do? I'll tell you why. It's because my wife and I want to honor, love, and serve every relationship within our community to move them to live their best life. Because we know that if you win the war for the couple, you win the home. And if you win the home, you win the community. Think about that for a second. Think about how many people enter your households daily. If you've raised multiple kids, you know all their friends come to your house. You know, they show up, okay? They show up. If you, if you have kids like mine, you know they all throw their bikes in your front yard. And, you know, I'm like, please don't do that to my St. Augustine, but they do, okay? So the reason I share that to you, the reason it's so important to Christy and I and my family to serve in marriage is because before I became a marriage pastor, I had an education background, and I really believed that I was an education for me to see all the things that broken relationships create. And I'm going to share with you all a story. Um, I was a teacher for about 14 years. I was just always helping kids doing these things. But man, one story really ran out to me. I had a student, and, I, and, and he's, a, he's a good kid. I called him and said, hey, man, I'm going to be sharing this with you. He's like, coach, don't worry about it, man. If you learn from me, share it. Um, here's what happened. I had, I had a kid, um, and if you're a teacher, um, raise your hands if you're a teacher's in here. Oh, yes, let's go. Keep making a difference. Um, I had a kid that he would get sent to my class, not even to the principal's office. Like he would bypass the principal's office, just go to my, my class. And I, I know when he walked in, I had a little desk set aside for him. I had a desk like that one time. Um, but man, he would come in and he would sit down and he would just do his work frantically and doing these things. And the very first time I met him, I said, hey man, listen, if you're gonna walk through my door, you need to check it. Whatever it is, leave it out there. And he said, well, let me be honest with you. I said, okay. He said, Coach Belloc, do you think I chose my parents? Do you think I chose to have a dad who bailed out on me, works all the time, never even present? Do you think that I chose a mom who works all the time and fights for us? And I know she loves us, but man, I have no direction at home. Whew. It made me tear up because I thought to myself, how many of these kids walk through here like that? And I'll tell you what, a lot of them. Here's what I know of my years in education. I taught in the hood and I taught in the Bible Belt. But I will tell you this, that in education that you see relationship problems look the same. They're not exclusive to race. They're not exclusive to financial status. They're not exclusive to where you live. Man, hurt people hurt people. And guess what? Those people go on to try to figure it out. See, I'm not the man that I am today without people in my life that spoke truth into me. And see, before I was a teacher and a coach, I put to test the old valuable knowledge. Um, I learned from pain, headaches, and heartaches. 
And my dad was like, you know, there's books and podcasts and all that. Well, just know, I'm going to share with you um, what we all have in common, okay? And this is it. When I was a young man, uh, my brother and I would chase these cheap thrills and a lot of fun. I have an older brother. How many of you have older siblings? So you already know where this story is going. So my brother and I had got through watching Superman, and Superman flew effortlessly through the sky, and all he did was stand and go like this. And my brother got a bright idea, and he said, hey, man, if we put a towel around your neck, put you on top of the house, then you can also fly. And me being a very trusting little brother, I said, all right, man, I got it. So he goes, go for it. And I said, okay. Luckily, we weren't living in a two-story house or a three-story house. It was literally probably a 10-foot drop or eight-foot drop. And um, I get ready to go. And my brother goes, go first. And I'm like, absolutely, I'll go first. (laughs) Clearly, you can see I'm a big guy. I was a big kid. So gravity took in place and... I turn around and I'm like, (gasps) you know, if you've ever had your breath knocked out, my brother climbs down like every big brother. He looks over at me and he says, hey, man, are you okay? And I'm like, (gasps) he goes, don't worry about it. You just knocked out your breath. There's no broken bones. Don't tell dad I'm out of (laughs) here. And the reason I share that story with you is because, man, during those times, my dad would ask me questions like, and y'all have heard this before. If you've ever made a mistake, you always get that question that's asked you, and he goes, David, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And what do you think my answer was? You know it, because we use it when people ask us this question. Why did you do that? To that, we reply, I don't know. I just don't know. So why do I share that story with you? I'll tell you why. Because the more I read the Bible and the older that I've gotten, it elevates the truth that God loves me so much even though I'm a natural born sinner. See, what I was doing as a little kid was chasing a selfish thrill. I wanted to be loved and seen by everybody in my life. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Is there a selfish thrill that you chase? just so that you can be loved and seen. If there is, I want you to know that God came here and he's gone before you and he's already set you up for a big win. You just have to embrace his love. So as we get going, I want to share with you that no matter where you're headed in your relationships, whether it be marriage, relationships, man, if in, in your, in your um, parent-to-kid relationships, it's never too late to pause, breathe, and respond and change the trajectory. Last week, Destin talked about um, the drift. But before we go there, I'm going to share with you the three essentials that you need to be successful in marriage and all relationships. And I will tell you that if you interact with any kind of marriage, this will help you. So um, number one is discover and build on God's plan for marriage. That's essential number one. Psalms 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Go back to that real quick. Where is your foundation set? Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders are building in vain. 
There, Destin talked about committing to a covenant marriage and leaving a spiritual legacy because people are watching you. My two sons are watching me all the time. Guess what? Everybody in your household is watching you all the time, and they're going to inherit whatever legacy that you give them, whatever blueprint that you give them. I'm so thankful because we asked my oldest son the other day as a marriage pastor, I said, hey, you know, what do you think about mom and I's marriage? And he goes, you know what I love about y'all's marriage, dad, is that y'all talk about everything, even when things don't look like it's going to work out. You know what that means? It means that when I ask him why he did something wrong, he doesn't say, I don't know. He pauses and he's like, dad, I know I've got to tell you the truth. I'm telling you, people are watching you. Central number two is grow in relationships with Christ. Galatians 5.16, live by the Spirit and you will not glorify the desires of the sinful nature. Quit chasing that temporary joy because it will lead to permanent heartache. And then essential number three is where we're going to hang today with some applicable things. It's grow in relationship with each other. We're going to learn how to communicate and resolve conflict today. We're going to learn how to grow in relationship with each other. So the big idea for today is that, man, God wants us to pursue unity. He wants us to pursue unity. And that's what essential number three, I mean, is. And what I want you to know is that it's in Matthew 19, 5, where you read, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has put together, let no man separate. So God is saying, man, look, I've given you this beautiful thing. Take your spouse. And the goal is to think together and act together. Think together and act together. And then you see Ecclesiastes 9.9. It says, enjoy life with your wife, whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. Notice how it doesn't say the good old ball and chain, good luck with that marriage. No, it says joy. Thank you for laughing over there because that's what God wants us to do. Take joy in all of our relationships. So here in a minute when I get into my points, I'm going to highlight what you need to do. And you're also going to see what the great destroyer will bring. So point number one is this. We must pursue us. This is going to hurt a little bit though. The destroyer of pursuing us is busyness. One of my mentors, when I got into ministry, once asked me a solid question that really shook me in all the right places. Um, when I got into ministry, he said, David, show me your schedule and I'll show you what's important to you. And I looked at Pastor Charles Thornton and I shook while I handed him my phone and I said, here you go, Charles. You know what he said to me? He said, David, your schedule holds you captive from the things that are important to you. So don't let busyness ever put your relationships on halt. God has never been too busy for you. Think about that for a second. Even when we don't pursue him, God has given you his full attention. See, and some of you are going, man, I'm busy because I got to do these things. Do you really have to? Go to a funeral. And the one thing people want back in a funeral is this, time. 
with that very important person that's being viewed because they're no longer seen. So man, know this, that in order to pursue us, you have to be intentional. You have to go out there because chemistry will wear off and your character will kick in. Y'all, you've all seen relationships start really hot and then all of a sudden that wears off and character kicks in and it leads to one or two different things. Destin talked about this last week. Take a look at this drift slide. If you're not intentional and you don't pay attention to what's happening in your life, you will drift apart and you'll end up being roommates or separated. But if you're intentional and you pursue us, you lead into that wonderful life that God designed you for. You lead to that connectedness, that oneness. Notice how it's a decision. It's a decision. The reason I told you that story about when I was young and my dad goes, you know what you're doing? You're making a decision, David. You're making that decision. So as you make the decision, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop the drift? I'll tell you how you stop it. In John 13, 34 and 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you, if you have love for one another... So man, God is telling us, what can we do? Here's some application. To pursue us, you must be intentional about doing life around your marriage. Notice how I said around your marriage. Most of us will build a business or other things around um, those things and we'll bring our marriage along. Notice in my introduction, I said, these are the people that I do ministry with because my family comes wherever I go and you'll see them and it's a joyful labor. Um, you got to be intentional about it, okay? Um, then you have to have a personal responsibility, which nobody likes personal responsibility. That's why there's so many leadership books out there that are bestsellers right now because people um, want to know how, what's the next leadership hack? What's the next relationship hack? Well, I'll tell you what the relationship hack is. It's the best you makes the best us. That's it. Is being able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, what am I bringing to the table? What am I bringing to the table? Think about it. If you have hard relationships at work, what is that person bringing to the table? You know, but you're not going to say it out loud because you don't want to get fired. If you've got a hard relationship at home, you know what you have to say, but you better figure out how to say it. And guess what? I'm going to tell you how to say it today. Okay? And then you must... Really know how to check yourself daily, all right? Here's some quick applicable ways to check yourself daily in order for you to own personal responsibility. I call this peers. Um, you see, you must check yourself physically every day, okay? And clearly, you can see that for me, physically, that's my hardest spot, I stands for intellectually. I love to learn. I love to read books. I love to grow in that area, E stands for, how am I doing emotionally? I ask people all the time, what's on your emotional whiteboard? Some people are brave enough to go there. Some people are like, I'm good. How many people do you see daily that go, I'm good? 
I'm good. Those are the same people that go, well, nobody was there to help me. And those are the same people that we replied to as, and we've been here, but you've been telling me you're good. So, man, when you look at that, you look at where you are emotionally. You look at, check your relationships every day. I hope you have people that are close enough to you that tell you, hey, you're pulling away. See, I need people in my life that love me enough to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. We have to embrace those things. And then you want to check yourself spiritually. And the greatest thing that you can do spiritually is talk to God every day. How many of you have a best friend or somebody that you really reach out to? All of us, most of us. I see some of you probably texting them right now. Okay? Let me tell you why you're probably texting them right now. It's because there's proximity and a level of trust there. And you've got to talk to God daily like that. Okay, so we got to make sure that we're doing those things. And then you want to pursue Jesus together, which we talked about in essential number two. You want to worship and you want to pray daily. And uh, Pastor Ron mentioned the Scotty Smith prayer book. That is the easiest thing. You don't have to be a Bible theologian to understand where your heart needs to be postured. It gives, it's so good that it gives you your prayers for you. But you must pray together in all of your relationships. You must pursue him. And then if you have signed up for our unity text, man, they're a great little, oh, I think it's under 120 character read that you get that gives you a quick little prayer. And you got to do that. You got to pursue Jesus together. And then you got to pursue a meaningful connection. Learn how to connect again. I meet with couples all the time. And man, they ask me, you know, Pastor David, how do we, how do, we do this? I'm not a genius. You know what I ask? Hey, what were you doing when you were really, really happy? You know what they say? We were dating. We were talking all the time. Yeah, we would do crazy things like go on this D-A-T-E, a date. Now a couple stop doing that. And you got to pursue each other. That meaningful connection has, has to happen and it has to come from you. So in order to pursue us, you got to do those things. And then as we continue to build on unity, man, you must pursue communication, which is point number two. Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense make, makes one slow to anger, and it is, glory, it is his glory to overlook an offense. The destroyer to pursuing communication is unresolved anger and conflict. Have you ever gone to a place and watched couples and families share a table? Y'all know what I mean. Don't hide behind it. We'll go to a place and you'll see couples that are just sitting together and they're doing this. What does that show you? Is that pursuing communication? We have a rule in my house, and my wife is sitting right up here. You can ask her about all these stories. She'll fact check you quick, okay? We have a rule. When I talk to Christy, I have to turn my phone upside down, or I have to put it away. That is honoring of my wife, and it's also honoring of work. So, man, you have to pursue communication, because if you're not careful, the destroyer will pull out that unresolved anger and conflict, and it will come out. And the reason it'll come out is because as humans, we're wired to naturally react. 
We're not wired to naturally respond. We're, right, we're wired to load up that next punch. If you look at it, here's how we respond. In any conflict, there is the escalation person. If you grew up in a loud household, this is probably your best form of combat. When you are in conflict, you raise your voice and you think the loudest person won. Does that really happen? No, it doesn't ever go away. The loudest person never wins. Nobody wins. Okay, there's the escalator. And then you have the withdrawal person. The person that says, I'm going to keep the peace, so I'm just going to pull myself out of this room. Then you have the people that go into negative belief. They're, these are my Eeyores of the world. Oh, it'll never work out. Think about that. If every time you're in conflict and that relationship is receiving that, oh, it'll never work out. Guess what your spouse or the people in your life are receiving? You're giving them a false lie that Satan will take over with. Okay? There's the belittling person. If you grew up in a rough housing house, right, in a house that you like kind of pick on each other, make fun of each other, my dad always said, hey, the person that walks in through our door better have thick skin. And then when my wife came into my life, she said, hey, David, that's not normal. You played too hard with that person. I'm like, okay, got it. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a time to play and there's a time with kid, but then there's always a time where honor has to come above that. And so let's look at God's response. And you're gonna see God's response is a rise to unity. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Instead of escalating, what if I said in the middle of an argument, and love is patient, what if I just sat there and thought about it and processed what was being said? Have you ever been talking to somebody and the greatest listener is the person that says, I'm not going to fix it. I'm just going to hear you out. You feel really loved when somebody's like, I heard you. That sounds really, really difficult. So love is patient. And then instead of withdrawing, what about having that love endures all things mindset? I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. Or instead of having that negative belief, what if it, we go into the love hopes all things? 1 Corinthians 13, 1, love hopes all things. Instead of belittling, what if you go into love is kind? And if you do that, God's response creates a safe place to express transparency and listen carefully. If you have a safe place to communicate, great listeners can share what they have in their heart and not worry about who's going to use that against them. See, that's where we've gone, is we're so afraid to share with people because we don't know how people are going to use it against us. And so if you move on to this, in order to pursue unity, point number three is we must pursue home. Galatians 6, 2, bear each other's burdens. Y'all, when, when, I, when I have the opportunity to discuss some of the things that cause us angst in our relationship, it's the destroyer, it's misunderstanding expectations. See, a beautiful love involves both people pursuing the responsibilities of the home. But you gotta know your strengths. I'll tell you how our first... Um, Argument, I won't even call it argument, call it progression, right? Because you want to use kind words. Um, progression happened at our house. Uh, my wife and I started discussing laundry. 
Okay, laundry, and those of you younger people who are looking to get into relationships and you want to think like an adult, this is going to happen, okay? You're going to meet that person that you're so head over heels over, and then all of a sudden you're going to live together, and then you're going to go, hey, who does laundry? And I, in our house, I, I, have a, I like to dress nice, and I want to be pressed because my mom, it's one thing she did for me all the time. She would press my clothes every day. We didn't have a lot, but man, she made us look good. So I lay my shirt out, I think, and Chrissy looks at it, and I'm like, hey, what are you going to do with that? And she's like, am I going to do with it? I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't press clothes. And Chrissy will do my laundry, but I have made the mistake when I was young and saying, hey, if you're going to do my laundry, please don't do it that way. And what do you think happened? (laughs) Yeah, good job, buddy. Now I do my own laundry, and it's not... You're not supposed to laugh at me. It's not sad. It's not sad. It is a compromise, though, because, man, that created an argument. And you know what? Instead of having that argument, I can take my clothes to the dry cleaners where there's this really nice lady who gives me a mint every time I go, and she high-fives me, and she's like, hey, we'll see you again in, like, two weeks. Are you bringing back 28 shirts? I'm like, no, not 28, about 10. Um, I really don't have that many shirts. But no, like laundry, and man, all it is is discussing expectations, and chances are when you navigate life, how many of you are 10 years and under married? Raise your hands. You're, diff- you're feeling a different kind of tension than how many of you are 30 years and over married? See, they're the ones that are going, yeah, we could have taught you that a long time ago. Well, you should have developed a marriage class, okay? But how many of you are 50 years and over? You're married for more than 50 years. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Man, that's exciting. They'll tell you the secret to that is just pursue your home together. Know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Find time to serve each other. See, our Lord and Savior came to, came to serve, not to be served. He came for you even when you didn't deserve it. So man, if you're going to pursue your home, you got to be able to talk about your expectations because they're always changing. You know that your expectations change when you have kids, right? How many of you divide and conquer? If you have multiple kids that play all sports and do all the academic stuff and you're like, whoa, what are we going to do with our schedule? And you're like, who drops off so-and-so to who? And did we even forget them? Did we bring the right things? Notice how I'm talking because that's reality, Think about it. When we say it out loud of all the expectations in a home, it can be what? Exhausting. So is it fair for one person to carry the burden? No. Is it fair for us to go, hey, you do this thing and then I'll do this thing? No. If you have the conversations right, you will know how to do this. And I will say this to you, and I don't want to hurt any feelings in here. The way God designed your marriage is that, and it's got to be God, you and your spouse, and then your kids, and everything else. You got to be honoring of that relationship that's really, really important to you. So point number four is this. You must pursue commitment. You must believe that God brought you together for his purpose and receive God's companion for you. Man, when you look at your spouse, do you believe? Do you look at that person and go, you're God's greatest gift to me, and we're going to execute this purpose? 
Think about it. If you have a daughter, if you're raising daughters, imagine if a young man came to you and said, look, I believe that your daughter is the greatest gift and I just want to honor her and I will wait as long as you need me to, but I want you to know that we are going to pursue a purpose together that God designed us for. Would you tell that little boy no? Some of you probably would, don't lie. You'd be like, hey, come back when you have your theology degree. No, no. That's the problem, y'all. That, that's going away. See, my dad always said, look, if you're going to go date, you got to go walk up to that front door and you got to knock on that door. You got to ask their parents if you can date you. You know what? There's a couple times where I heard no, but I'm glad he did that. You know why? It taught me that I wasn't ready. And so what I will say to you is this, you have to, have to be committed and embrace God's companion for you. Ephesians 5, 1, 2, you'll see it. You'll see it right there in scripture. You have to know that you got to embrace that. And I want you to hear me out and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. The destroyer of of commitment is selfishness. There's no other thing out there. The destroyer of commitment is selfishness. What you decide to do, your choice is yours. But I want to share with you um, one of the things that my mentor, Roger Gibson, who's a marriage pastor, um, shared with me, and and it stuck with me. I was sitting in um, one of his classes trying to learn and trying to be a better husband, and he said this, and it really hung with me, and I hope you write this down and share it with people, and especially those that are in relationships who are trying to find relationships. It says, the higher the value we place on something, the more we will endure and fight to preserve it. Y'all, God has placed his unique signature on you and you should be valued. So at home, we have a um, softball that's been signed by Babe Ruth. And people are like, man, why do you keep it? Well, duh, it got signed by Babe Ruth, right? But if you look at that softball where the signature is not on it, it's, it's, it's not anything that jumps out to you and goes, oh man, please let me have it. But when I turn it around, what happens? People see the value. And guess what people will do? They'll fight to preserve it. And if it means something to you, you'll hang on to it and you'll pass it on for generations and generations. You know why we hang on to that ball? Because my father-in-law, who is no longer here anymore, gifted it to my wife. And you know who's going to receive it one day? My boys. But just like that ball, you know what? <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to choke up. I, didn't, I told myself my eyes wouldn't sweat today. Um, here's what's happening. It's just like that ball. My boys are going to inherit my relationship DNA. The DNA that she received from her parents. The DNA that we received from my parents. From our grandparents. I got a grandmother, man, who is fighting, and she's amazing. And my grandfather passed, you know, almost eight years ago, and um, she's at home with my parents. And every day she wakes up and she talks to my granddad. And I know some of you think that's crazy, but and it's her way of honoring my granddad. And then she'll she'll ask us, "What are you doing today to make this world better?" See, because that's what we say: is Are we going to leave this world better than we found it? 
So what we want you to do today is, man, honor that commitment to each other. Stay in it. I'll tell you this. The greater the threat to Satan, the greater the opposition. So when you plant your flag and say, this marriage is going to win, and it's going to be God-honoring, guess what Satan's going to do? He's going to launch that opposition. So what I want you to know is that your marriage is so important to this community, to the people that are here. And I want you to embrace the kind of love that Scripture talks about. Pastor Ron mentioned a a word called hesed. And it describes love in this way. It's an act of promise-keeping, loyalty, motivated by deep personal care. See, the Lord pursues us even when we don't want to be pursued. That's the kind of commitment we should take into our relationships and marriages. So I want to share with you, um, to end this, I want to share with you what my, um, my household looks like right now. If you see, there's a couple extra heads there. Okay, that's our freshman Isaiah who came to live with us last January who said, you know, all I need, and I'm his uncle, he said, all I need, Theo, is a change of an environment because I know I can change the trajectory, trajectory of my life. He goes, I've seen you do it. I want to do it now. Can I do it? And I said, yeah, man, join us. And then on November 17th, we, we, we receive the greatest interruption in our life. These two little ones. And you can't see their face, obviously, because they're our foster babies, okay? Luciano and Alina, and they're here. And the reason we embrace them is because we know that it's going to take our community here at Rock Point, ourselves, to change where they're headed. The relationship DNA that they're receiving is going to come from all of us. And it leads to the most powerful equation that I'll share with you, which is God plus community equals life change. That's why your marriage is so important. And I'll leave you with this quote by Oswald Chambers. It says, no love of the natural heart is safe unless the heart has been satisfied by God first. The tragedies of human lives can only be solved by an understanding of the one great fundamental truth that Jesus Christ alone can satisfy the last aching abyss of the human heart. As you get ready to go into tomorrow, I want you to know that God has gone before you. Don't worry about it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, Lord, first and foremost, thankful for the opportunity to be able to worship with you, to be able to commune with you, to be able to pursue unity, Lord, to be able to honor the way you have built marriages, Lord, to know that you have designed this love to be a reflection to the world of the things that can happen, Lord, that you know that the power of you and the community and the relationships in this community will make an impact. Lord, I pray for every generation that's represented here. I pray for every family, for every friendship, for every relationship. It doesn't matter if they're single, married, divorced. Lord, I pray that people that walk out today receive your kind of love so they can be unified in every one of their relationships. Lord, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to just get to be here and share your gospel and your love for us. It is in your precious son's name that we receive your love 
and thank you for it. Amen.